So we start our worship, and I'm going to read something from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. We are here to worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. That's rather an appropriate, though unfortunate fact for the people in Wales and other parts of the country. Father, you are king over the flood, we sing. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Shall we pray? Gracious Father, we thank you that you alone are worthy of all might, majesty, wisdom, power, honour, glory and blessing. And we are here to ascribe to you the glory due to your name. And we also acknowledge that yours is the voice that has spoken the universe into being and everything that goes on is at your command. We are here to worship you in the splendour of your holiness and to give you the glory for who you are, to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that as you sit enthroned over the flood, you will sit enthroned over our lives, God, that we will come in penitence and faith, knowing that you require us to turn away from the things which displease you and turn towards you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we enthrone you in our hearts tonight. We enthrone you on our praises. And we ask, Lord, you will give us the strength that we might give you all the glory due and we might indeed be blessed. As you It's in that powerful name that we bring our prayers for our nation and for ourselves. Remembering the injunction of Paul in the Ephesians, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We were learning last week about an awful lot of devil's schemes, but the conclusion was God has the victory. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So shall we pray? We thank you, Lord, that we can be strong in you, and that you hold all things in the palm of your hand. We pray that the body of Christ will stand strong in this nation, with the full armour of God on, knowing that it is not against flesh or blood that we fight, but against the powers and the authorities in the heavenly realms that stand against the will of God. We pray for your church. We pray for your true church. We pray for strength, knowing that it's not in our own ability, but as we stand in the purposes of God and we prophesy over the church of God in this land, the knowledge of the overcoming power of the Lord Almighty, that nothing, nothing can stand against the Lord. And we declare, the kingdom of this world has become 
the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Do I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So we declare and decree in the words of Ephesians that the armour of God will protect his people in this land from the attempts of the enemy to undermine believers. We know of situations right now where people in their workplace, people in schools, people seeking to teach their children the truths of God are being undermined, are being accused, are being misrepresented, are being victimized. And so our ministers and other people with places of authority in churches who are seeking to stand on the word of God. And so we declare and decree that our strength is not in our own ability, but in our connection to the vine, which is Christ. And we declare and decree his sovereign power, which has overcome all the works of the enemy. And we pray for the strengthening specifically of those individuals who are in the sights of the evil one today, who are experiencing his attentions and that, Lord, they will stand strong in you. And we declare in their situations that Jesus has overcome the kingdoms of this world and has triumphed over them at the cross. So together, we pray a prayer of binding and loosing. We bind the lies of the enemy which cause the people of God to shrink back. We bind the evil one's schemes that have sought to negate the works of God and his people. And we loose on his church and his people a fresh understanding and a revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And now we pronounce a blessing on ourselves and on the people of God in this nation to stand strong, to take up our positions to know that our strength is in Christ Jesus. And we bless them and we bless ourselves to take up that full armour of God, to fight the good fight of faith, trusting in the one who has defeated all rulers, all authority and all powers of this dark world. And now we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours forever and ever. The Britain number five in a bit. <clears throat> you like that? I'm serious. Britain is a tiny bit younger than me, I think. I suspect. I'm just going to move this bar because it's it's that or I am um, launch it accidentally later. So um, yes, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 10:18, I will eventually get back there in a few moments. Um, that'd be great. Um, so we're going to look at that. It's Proverbs 10, and it's 18 to 21, which we will, 18 to, so if you go, yeah, we're going to go there in a little while, but wanted to kind of introduce myself a tiny bit first. I appreciate my accent is a little weird. Um, I grew up in North Manchester, 
I am a Man City supporter because if I wasn't, my father would disown me. Um, although, yeah, I kind of, I actually used to work on the market stall, which is where the old United ground used to be. But anyway, I'm a City supporter. Um, so I lived there for the first 18 years of my life. That's always important, football, I've discovered. Uh, and then at 18, I followed the then my then fiancé, and we moved to Darbados. Lovely Derby. And then we brought a schools team here, and I lived in Derby until I was 33. And then the Lord blessed me, and we moved from Normanton on Upperdale Road. Yeah, good old Upperdale Road. And we, uh, we lived at 196 Upperdale Road for the best part of forever with our little boys at the time. And we moved to sunny North Wales. Um, and I led a church in North Wales um, for four years. And we purposed a AOG church um, for four years. And three years in, God started saying to me that um, go back the way you came the landscape has changed. So that's from um, where God is speaking to Elisha, I think it is, and in the cleft of the rock, and he's just faced Jezebel, and there's all disasters happening, and, and then God says, go back the way you came. And I said, no, because there's a seaside here. Um, and I live seven minutes from the beach, and my church, like, people are becoming Christians, and, like, I'm baptizing people. This is, like, mega cool. We baptise people in AOG. I, I, I like a good dunking, um, drowning. Not lost one yet, but you never know. Some of the guys are a bit big. I'm a little bit small. There could be a disastrous moment. But uh, so yeah. So my time in Derby was spent at New Life. I was um, the youth pastor there forever and a day, literally. Um, most of my now youth, well, were youth. And I'm married with kids, depressing. Um, and, and they're like, some of them, I've just been with a friend of mine whose daughter is now six. And um, she's like, you're like my unofficial grandma. I'm like, that is ridiculous. I am 38. Um, however, let's face it, for some parts of Darb, it's quite old for a grandma. Um, so, yeah, so I, I have two boys. They have been here. They came with Luke back in March. I think it was March the 10th. My husband works full-time for Compassion UK, um, although spends a lot of his time out in other nations. And you've met Noah and you've met Eli. Um, Eli left here on the Sunday, convinced he too should be a Compassion child um, because he likes the idea of people writing to him. Um, and the, he likes the idea of people praying for him. Um, so he decided he too would be a compassion child when we explained that compassion children choose to go to school. He wasn't entirely convinced. Um, Eli feels at the age of nine he's done with the education system, which we have a debate most weeks about, me and my child. <laughs> I really sense I've got two really clear words for you as a church and individuals. And there's two words, so one of them I want to share this evening, and then one um, next Sunday morning when I'm with you. And the first one, as I was praying um, back in October time, I think it was, I'm going to have to just move that before I pull it off, um, was um, uh, God really clearly showed me a picture of restoration. And that God is coming to you as a church to restore you. 
He's going to restore you to not just your former glory, but to the restoration of the time when I just, I just get really excited about the idea of, of what the Wesley brothers did. I just, oh, what the Wesley brothers did. It's exciting. Um, I, I would love to claim them, but they are definitely were Methodists. So it just is exciting what God was doing with them. But I sense that God is calling you as a church and saying, you are people. He is going to restore you. He's going to restore relationships. And you will begin to see the restoration through the restoration of relationships and friendships that were here that are now going to, God's going to bring them back. And it will happen over the next few years and you'll begin to see it happen. As you start to see it happen, you'll go, "Uh uh-huh. God is a God of restoration. So I really sense God is saying to you as a church, he is a, restor- is a restoring God and he's going to bring restoration. So the other one, prophetic word, you'll have to wait until next Sunday morning for. So even if you don't like my preaching, you're still going to come now, aren't you? You can always get it off a friend or podcast. Um, so let's turn this evening to um, the Bible verse of so Proverbs 10 and it's 18 to 21. And it says this. Well, that's good. That's very good. That's very good. Um, He who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When the words are many, sin is is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. The tongue of the righteous is is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. That last verse. The lips of the righteous nourish many. Do you realize the power of your words, church? Do you actually know the power of your sentences? Do we realize what God is saying through us to the world and to the nations? I, 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 was, I was ready for war after um, Hillary's prayer. I was like, let's go. Let's just lead the lost to Jesus now. Because it was a, a prayer of power and authority, a rallying cry. But do we realize the power of our words? Back at the age of 23, when I was a youth pastor, I realized this, that all my youth were quite negative in their words. And so my email address at the time was Speak Beauty. Because I was trying desperately to challenge a generation to speak beauty. Not your beautiful princess, but to speak words that lift and build. And then we look in the nation at the moment and we see what's just happened with Caroline Flack. She was two years older than me. And actually, society has pushed a woman to the edge. And it's the words and the power of the words and the words that she spoke over herself, as well as the words of the Daily Fail and everything else have spoken over her. Do you know, I always thought before I worked outside of teenagers in church, it was just a teenage issue. I genuinely thought that once I stopped being around teenagers, that those words of negativity would stop. Oh no, they carried on. And I realized more and more and more and more that it's about the righteous using words to nourish society. 
It's about the righteous speaking the right things to the world. See, we could be those kind of <clears throat> encouraging Christians who we've all met. There's one on the streets of Chester, and he has this placard. You're all going to hell. Um, I don't know how many people he's seen become a Christian. I'm going to hazard a guess at none, because even the Christians are like, oh, what are you up to now? Like, I get his heart, but his words are clanging. Gongs. Because there's just no love. They don't nourish. And we all need nourishment. Do you know, my, my, I've got two, I had two grandmas, both godly women. I've still got one at the moment on the earth, although that's more, da- well, she's disgusted she's still here, to be honest. She keeps asking Jesus to take her home, he doesn't. Um, that genuinely, that's the conversation we have every time. <sighs> Karen, I'm still here. Yes, Grandma, you are, and that's fantastic. You're 86, you're still here, it's wonderful. I know, but why am I here? Well, God must have a plan for you. Well, I've done all he's asked me to do, and I keep witnessing, and I'm, I just want to go home. It's no fun getting older. This. Um, so she's still on the earth at the moment, although every ta- every now and again I think, has she been promoted? Because uh, that would be that would be oh, like my grandma's like, this is what you're doing at my funeral. You dare wear black. I'm in a better place. Um, so uh, she likes to get a witness, and she she rides the buses of Oldham. Uh, in quite a rough community, and she witnesses and prays. And uh, just this incredible woman of faith. But growing up, she used to say to us, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. As church, this is our golden opportunity. Our lips are meant to nourish. If you have nothing nice to say, How about we say nothing at all? How about we let our words be few? How about we're wise in what we get involved in? Our lips are meant to be those that nourish our speech, has gained a whole new arena. You see, we now are in the era of social media, well and truly. What we haven't yet to realize as Christians is this. What social media is today was the equivalent of the printing press generations ago. Whereas 20 years ago you shared your faith with a small group of people, now you can live out your life daily and speak life and nourish an entire different group of people. And I grew up with this incredible saying in this crazy Pentecostal church in North Manchester. I am Pentecostal through and through. I have been to an Anglican church. Luke's from an Anglican background. Hilariously, he used to go to St. Osmond's, which is very high Anglican. And the first time he met me, he thought I was possessed. I wasn't. I was just praying. But he was like, what is this passion about, like, girl? We've been in Methodist churches and Baptist churches. And I'm sorry. I'm going to shabba-dabba-do every now and again. It's just That's the way I'm wired. But uh, we've got this incredible opportunity to gossip the gospel. I'm not sure if that cool phrase made it to the Methodist circuits. 
of the 1980s and 90s. But I grew up in a time when we were told to gossip the gospel. We're supposed to be speaking life into people's lives. We're supposed to be speaking life. One of the reasons I'm quite passionate about social media is this. I'm obviously just over my mid-30s. And I'm into Instagram. Here's the thing with Instagram. There's all these women on Instagram. Hashtag hinching. Now, this could be an entitling new, t- new term to you. Hinching means cleaning. Cleaning. There's a lady called Mrs. Hinch, Sophie Hinch, and she does all these cleaning hacks. It's very exciting. And at the end of the day, her cleaning products, she puts in a bath. A little bath. They have their own bath by the sink. And she puts it on Instagram, and she gets followers. There's an entire generation of women who are passionate for the cause of Zaflora. Zaflora is a disinfectant. Did you know it comes in various smells now? My personal favorite is clean linen. However, the smell of fresh linen of Zaflora does not for one moment compare with the lily of the valley, with the rose of Sharon, with the gospel of good news of Jesus Christ. Well, that was good. That was a good moment. I was like, oh, yes, music and all. (laughs) See, there's a generation of people passionate about cleaning grey carpets, grey carpets, grey sofas, Little nice things on the side. Hinched my house Monday. What's your Monday motivation? Cleaned my bathroom. Look at it. Look how much this wipes my floor clean. And something inside of me goes, but Jesus, you wipe clean the places of our lives that no one can reach, that no amount of fresh linens of flora or any other flavor, all the other brands because there is a brand that B&M's do that's cheaper. I feel like I should say that. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that the world, predominantly women right now, are looking for products to clean with? What if they're not? What if we're at a point in society where actually they're looking for messages of hope? For us to preach and gossip the gospel over Instagram and Facebook and in our ordinary everyday lives, as it says in the message version of the Bible. What if it's up to us to share on corridors, in supermarkets, in post offices, on the internet, in forums, over lunch and emails? That bottle of Zaflora is nothing compared to the Prince of Peace. Maybe this evening you think, "Mm, it's all right for you, you're a bit loud. I understand that, yes, I am. Um, I was trained by Jeff at New Life, so we can both bellow like Jeff and and preach, so even the dead hear. Um, 
you don't spend 12 years under someone's ministry without picking up some of their, their gifts. But maybe you think, my words, like, they don't have that much power. Like, you don't understand that. I'm nearly in retirement. Um, I, I don't speak to that many people. Your words have power. Ezekiel 37 tells me so very different than what we think. Son of man, can these dry bones live? Speak to the bones. He doesn't say do a dance or anything else. He actually says speak. So in Ezekiel's words is the power of life and death. Oh, no, hang on. That's also in Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 21. There is power of life and death in the tongue. Your words have power. Words have power. God spoke the earth into being. Like there was a study done recently. It was like, oh, um, scientists are now saying, uh, so this Big Bang thing we've been chatting about. It might have been a loud noise, and I, my personal view is this. There would have been an almighty bang if the God of heaven who speaks light into being, therefore speaks at the speed of light, start speaking. That's going to be a bang. But anyway, there's a science, the scientists are now saying, maybe we've got it slightly wrong. It was, an, it was a news article this week I was reading. Speak because your words have power. If an army can be brought back to life from bones. Have you ever stopped to consider Ezekiel's perspective? Like, these people hadn't just died. They weren't rotting. There wasn't maggots. That would have, I mean, that would have been like a little bit of faith to me. Like, yeah, but, the, but you know, I mean, some of them could have still been in a coma, couldn't they? Are preserved by the weather. You read these stories. But these bones were dry. There was no lungs. There was no brain activity. The brains weren't there. Speak life because as you speak life life happens there's an interesting study done in japan it's on youtube you know i'll go home and check this out there's a scientist called dr not very good at japanese dr mazaru emoto who stuck labels on jars of water that's all he did and spoke to the water to one, he spoke negative words, so, and he labelled it stupid. And to another, he labelled hope. And to another, he labelled positive. And he labelled like all these different... And he spoke the words to the water. The structure of the water changes. When you speak life and hope and positive, the patterns are like that of um, uh, snowflakes. 
go and have a look. If you just type it into YouTube, you can actually see the, the whole thing. It's incredible. Words have power. As you know, I'm a mum. I've got two boys. I've got a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And my 9-year-old really doesn't do school. Um, and I refuse to allow them to speak negatively over their lives. Just ref- That's my, my one thing. I'm like, you called yourself what now? You called yourself stupid? Three good things about yourself. Stop. My kids are very used to hearing me shout, words have power. And they have to speak, if they're horrible to each other, they have to speak nice words to each other. If their friends are negative whilst they're in my house, then um, that was one of the people in the Valley of Dry Bones, just, no, no. Um, and I was inspiring my youngest son the other week, and I was getting dressed, and we live over three, uh, it's a townhouse, so I'm at the top of the house, he's at the bottom of the house. And I'm like, Eli, you are incredible. Eli, God, I'm, I'm getting dressed while this is happening, and I'm yelling at him to put his shoes on. It's a holy moment, obviously. Um, I'm stressing it's a Monday. Eli, come on. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things. And I'm just, I'm shouting the Bible at him because I know if all else fails, quote the Bible because it's gonna, there's going to be a reaction. So, um, and I get to this, Eli, you are the head. You are not the tail. Silence. And I'm like, he's got it. Yes. Breakthrough. Silence. So I'm thinking, brilliant, he's putting his shoes on. Up the stairs I hear this, Mom! Yeah. I am a student. I am not the head. I'm like, no, no, Eli, you... You're not the head teacher. You said I was the head and I can't be the head. I'm only in year four. Oh, um, right. Okay. I was being, I mean, like, you're in control of circumstances and words have power. Life and death. Zechariah stays silent until he speaks John the Baptist into being. John isn't a normal name for a priest of those days. He speaks into being. When Zechariah speaks John's name, he's bringing in a new era, a new way. Words have power. He's bringing in the new covenant. If you think about it, John the Baptist, the last of the Old Testament prophets who baptizes the new covenant. And here we see this marrying of old and new because one man uses words and brings power. Life and death. What if this week we spoke life? What if this week... Um, we didn't count how many painkillers and drugs we were on and have that competition that we are. Well, I'm on this many and I'm on... Like, I genuinely in North Wales could do that in my congregation. Um, it's called the Costa del Geriatric for a reason. Um, when I said... I had seven people in my church who were over 95 and one of them used to pray for the old people. Uh, Auntie Wynn, incredible lady, incredible woman of God. 
What if we spoke life and beauty? What would happen, church, if we spoke life and beauty to those around us? What would happen if you this week chose to speak up? Be uplifting in what you had to share. Nourishing words aren't empty words. They're words of hope. Caroline Flack needed words of hope. The people you meet need words of hope. And we know what hope there is. My hope is in him alone. My hope is in him alone. The Bible is clear. Son of man can these dry bones live. Speak life. Son of man can little overcome back to faith. Son of man, can your, can your road be a place where Jesus is lifted high? Can we again begin to gossip the gospel? Son of man, breathe life into this area of the community. Son of man, breathe again. Church, prophesy life. Speak hope. Speak future. Because the best genuinely is yet to come. I am possibly, it may be my youthfulness, it may be that I've got a grasp of God like I've never had before. But you know, I am so excited right now because I genuinely believe that we're going to see Jesus lifted high in Derby. I genuinely see churches succeeding. I'm so excited because the area I'm in there is 45,000 people. I live in Chelliston. Chelliston, Allenton, Alberton is 45,000 people. I'm going to use whatever small boat I can. And just as we did at Dunkirk, I'm going to row my boat, because mine's a little boat, because I'm only dinky. And I'm going to row alongside Methodists, and I'm going to row alongside Baptists, and Anglicans, and the Pentecostals, and any other denomination that wants to row. And we will row. And we will reach souls and we will plunder hell and we will populate heaven like never before because I genuinely believe that Jesus is on the move in this city. And I did not come back to see small. But I genuinely believe that little over Methodist Church now is your time and it is time to restore the years that locusts have eaten. Let's see a generation come to faith in this community. Let's see again you having space issues. I love that when you run out of chairs in a church service. Let's see again the lost coming to faith. Your friends. Let's see prayers answered. You know, I was sent a photo this evening as I drove over. And last year I spoke a message at the church I was at. And the message was this. Leave in the crib um, your, your want. Your want. Just leave at the manger your impossible. Leave at the manger your impossible. Because actually, Mary having a baby was pretty impossible. Leave in the manger. This was Christmas 2018. 
And one of the girls in our church had written, I want a baby. And I didn't know where anyone's name was because no one put their names on it. But I began to pray. And we began to pray as a senior leadership team. And um, June, June time, just in church, as I'm sat stood there, I just sense God say, Becky's pregnant. And I was like, excellent. Didn't know it was Becky. And Becky came to me and said, I'm pregnant. It was me that wrote that prayer. And this evening, just before I got here, I was sent a photo by her dad, who happened to be healed of cancer, just, you know, as a bye thing. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come to church because, you know, God's healed her. She can have kids, so I'm going to come. Oh, I might have cancer. I've got cancer. Let's pray for him. He gets healed. And I'm sent this photo of a baby. And I genuinely believe that can happen in every person's life because I, my prayers aren't anywhere near as, as powerful as Hilary's when she gets it up. My prayers are clunky and northern and I say me duck at times and some Welsh comes out occasionally. But I choose this. I choose to speak life. Church, I know you're Methodists. And I know we're your crazy cousins. Those little AOG ones. Often we are seen as the crazy cousins. And we get that. We are quite crazy at times. But can I just encourage you? We're going to worship again in a moment. But can I encourage you to stand and where you are, speak life over your circumstances. Have you had, maybe you've had a diagnosis this week, speak life. Maybe you've had some negative news this week in your world, speak life. Maybe you've had a problem like with redundancy this week, it's time to speak life. It's time to speak life. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if that means you've got to shout every morning at the top of your lungs, speak life. So that's where we are. If you're able to stand, let's stand. Let's begin to speak doesn't have to be loud. God can hear you. I love that God hears us. I can hear both my kids at the same time, but he can hear us all at the same time. So let's begin to speak over our circumstances. Don't worry what the person next to you is saying. This is your speech. This is your words. And I'll keep speaking so people can't hear you as well. Begin to speak life over the circumstances you're in. Begin to speak life over the church, your town, the, the, perhaps your business, your work, your friends, your children. Speak life. Because there's life and death. And we are people of life, eternal life. We have a hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're worthy. Yes, God. Yes, God, over circumstances that people are bringing to you right now, God, I speak life. God, for those who can't even speak tonight, God, I speak life. And I say there is a new dawn, that spring is coming, that summer is on the way, that the winter is over, the season of trying has gone, that, God, you are on the throne. 
God, we pray over workplace situations. God, we speak life. Over redundancies, we speak life. Over businesses, we speak life. We speak a blessing over this city, over this area of the city, God. God, we believe in faith that little over Methodist will be a church that rose and plunders hell and populates heaven, that the lost would find home here and be welcomed into the kingdom. Build your kingdom through us, God. Have your way in us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I encourage you to keep speaking life? Keep speaking life. Keep speaking life at home and wherever else you need to be. And if you run out of words... Get your Bible out and start speaking the Psalms. Amen. Mm-hmm.